The Right Idea by Helen Signy. Success starts with the right idea and the conviction to stick to that idea. It can also mean disrupting established thinking, something property developer Harry Triggerboff understands well. In 1947, Harry Triggerboff left his home in Tianjin, China, and travelled to Australia with his older brother Joseph to begin a new life. His parents, themselves immigrants who fled Russia in the post-Lenin era, remained in China. Yet like many refugees before and after him, and despite his parents' absence, Harry embraced his new life in Australia. Today, the self-made billionaire real estate developer has changed the way Australians live. In the 1960s, he introduced high-density living to Sydney-siders. At 86, high-rise Harry is worth somewhere in the vicinity of $15 billion, according to the latest Forbes Rich List. My earliest memories are of living in an apartment. I was born in 1933 in Dalian in China, and I grew up in Tianjin. We all lived in an apartment, my parents, my brother and I, and a nanny. For my parents, Getting me a nanny was more important than buying a house, so they paid rent at that time. I don't think anyone had much money, but we all lived extremely well. I don't think there were any poor Jews in Tianjin. In time, my father became wealthy, and we got a bigger apartment and had a cook and a gardener. That cook cooked us better Russian food than we could get anywhere else. We spoke Russian at home, and I studied in English. It was a happy life. We used to play ten-pin bowling. A man stood at the end of the alley and would lift the ball up and it would come back. We played putt-putt golf and went swimming. In summer, we would go on donkeys. My advice is, when you take a donkey, first ask where his home is. Never go past his home, otherwise he won't carry on. I left China for Australia when I was 14 with my brother Joseph, who was seven years older than me. I'm ashamed to say I didn't find it hard. I was looking to the future and my parents... They were in the past. I wanted to be able to cry, but I didn't. When we arrived, we didn't know anyone. Joseph asked for a hotel and they showed us a pub. You got a room on top of a pub, that's what a hotel was in those days. The tallest building in Sydney was only about ten floors. Eventually we found the Jewish community and settled in. I went to the Scots College, and after that I went to the University of Leeds in England to study textile engineering. My father had started a textiles factory in Israel. My parents were never allowed to come to Australia. I worked with him for a while and then went to South Africa for one year and came back to Australia in 1960. By then, my brother had bought me a block of land in Roseville in Sydney's North Shore and I was paying rent elsewhere so I thought, why not build a house on my own land? I got a builder, but they got stuck and couldn't finish. I was sick and tired of it so I threw them out and finished it myself. That was my first building experience. If you take something on, you must decide if you can manage to finish it. I paid off my home by running a taxi fleet and also working on a milk run. I was 27 and working as a real estate agent when a friend of my friend's father suggested we should start building flats. I thought that would be very good. Together with my friend, I bought a block of land and we built eight apartments. We borrowed money from the ANZ bank. The bank manager said, if you get the building up to the roof, I will give you more money. We got the building up to the roof. After that, I built my second block of flats, this time with 18 flats. It was in Meryton Street in Gladesville in Sydney's West. 
My company, Meriton, was formed in 1963 when I was 30. We've built over 75,000 residential dwellings since then. Of course I have had problems over the years, but if you have a problem, you must solve it immediately. You will always have problems. But problems sometimes work out for the best. When my first wife left me with two children, you would have thought it would be a shattering experience, but it wasn't for me. My girls were just 10 and 11, and it was probably the best time of my life. I enjoyed myself very much. I had a woman coming into the house every day to help. She came around 8am and left at 2 or 3, and I would come home at 5pm. One of my daughters is an excellent cook and has brought up three wonderful children who are all in the business. My other daughter is interested in business and has become a rabbi. We're still very close and we all live in the same street. Now I have two grandsons, aged 29 and 26, who are involved in the business too. I started out as a textile engineer. I got a job but I saw that there was no future in textiles manufacturing in this country, so that was finished. Then I worked for a while at the University of New South Wales in the textile department, but I realised there wasn't much future in that either, so I left and eventually the department disappeared. I looked around at what other people were doing. There were already residential apartments here, but I made them a big thing. Then I introduced service departments. I offered Australia something that wasn't there before. I tried to build hotels once, but it was too early. There was no money to be made. Australians have always had a dream to own a home. Today, they really can't afford a comfortable home. They build something that's not the home they dreamed of, it's just a small dwelling about the same size as a flat. Where they can afford to build means they must often spend time travelling, and they have to be able to fix the house themselves. Apartments are usually in a better position than houses. They often have shops, supermarket and a childminding centre. You're not in control of an apartment like you are with a house, you have strata rules, but it's very convenient to live there. And the real beauty of apartments is that they are easily lettable. I have lots of people renting. They never have to fix anything, as there is a manager to take care of it for them. All my career I have depended on my subcontractors. When I was building that first block of flats, my foreman was no good, he was a drunk. So I went looking for a bricklayer, and he became my foreman as well as bricklayer. The bricklayer was Ken MacDonald from Aberdeen, Scotland. His children think he has a funny accent, like my children think I have a funny accent. The important thing about Ken was that he could manage people and manage people laying bricks. We stuck together for 30 years and some members of his family still work for me. One of his sons, Keith, is managing a team of bricklayers on my sites. His nephew is a plumber with me too. We all have the same culture. We build fast and well. We always pay properly. That's the key, to surround yourself with people that you like and get on with. Some of my employees have been with Meriton for as long as I have. That's success for me. That is my experience of the building industry. To be successful, the most important thing is to do what you are good at, do what you like, and make sure you are surrounded by people you like. For me, that is building apartments and service departments. Success depends on the idea being right. For more RD Talks, visit readersdigest.com.au. Brought to you by Readers Digest Australia. Narration by Zoe Mernier. Sound production by Ricky Price.